now his blessed voice. I see the way he planned, dwelling in the Spirit here. I learn a full salvation. Gladly will I tarry in Beulah I'm living on the mountain underneath the cloudless sky. I'm drinking at the fountain that never shall run dry. Oh yes, I'm feasting on the manna from a bountiful supply. For I am dwelling in singing tonight. Now, uh, Pastor had talked to me, Brother Eccles, and said that uh, there's a few changes, a couple changes. We're not going to have that last song, and I don't believe we're having the missionary letter. That's the last update that I received. Uh, so tonight, uh, we do want to keep in, uh, in, in mind in our prayers those that are uh, not feeling well and those that can't make it out uh, with sicknesses and different things going on right now. Um, I know myself, I'm kind of getting over it a little bit, so if I lose my voice, that's why. But uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, keep them in our prayers. Uh, tonight we're going to go ahead, though, and straight into the message. So if you would, please, uh, turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter, Peter chapter 5. We don't have to stand just yet, uh, but I will have us turn there. 1 Peter 5. We're going to be reading out of this passage tonight. And speaking on the topic of biblical leadership, biblical leadership, and uh, I, I've uh, just realized, especially um, in just the society we're living in today, there's just not a lot of people that know what leadership is in general, and, it's, and in our churches, biblical leadership is extremely, extremely needed today. Um, and so the, the problem, though, we see is that there's a lot of big eyes and there's a lot of little U's, big eyes. And little use. A lot of people like to say that do as I say, not as I do. Um, and then the, there's a lot of people that say rules for thee, but not for me. And they want to be a boss. But those are all, those are all poor examples of leadership styles. But we, we're going to take a look today at some of the uh, biblical examples of leadership here in 1 Peter chapter 5. So I'll go ahead. Uh, we will go ahead and if you would please uh, stand with me. And then we'll read this text here, and we will have a word of prayer and be seated again and get into the message. First Peter chapter 5, verses 1 says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble." Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, 
casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, tonight I pray that you would please, Lord, come down uh, into the service, Lord, and just take over, God. And I pray that you would please use me as I uh, read your word, Lord, and as I preach your word. I, I pray that you would hide me and, Lord, just, uh, just speak through me, Lord, the words that you'd have me to say, Lord, and use me in uh, the way that you would see fit, Lord, and just prepare hearts and and uh, speak to each and every one of us here tonight, Lord, uh, about this topic of leadership, Lord. And, and wherever you'd like to take this tonight, Lord, I pray that it would be for your honor, for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you may be seated. So you might ask yourself this question. When it comes to leadership, what does it mean to lead? And I ask myself this question. Anytime I look at a topic, I want to find out as much as I can about it. So I do some, some research. And the best place is obviously the Bible, but I also like to look, look up certain definitions and things just to get my mind on kind of straight here. Uh, what does it mean to lead? Well, it could mean to guide or conduct by showing the way, to direct, to guide, or to show the method of attaining an object. So therefore, a leader is defined as one that leads or conducts. He's a guide, a conductor. And I liked this definition that I found, one who goes first. One who goes first. And you might think, well, that's not, that's not in privilege. That's not in any kind of merit or anything like that. It's more of a he goes first into the battle. He's the first one to, to take the, the arrows from, from the, the world. He's the one that's supposed to be the, the shepherd or the guide. Uh, that's what that means, one who goes first. One who goes first. And no matter how you try to define it, like I already said, the best place... To find the true definition, the right definition is the Bible. The very pages of the Word of God contain this. And here in 1 Peter chapter 5, we see that the elders of the church are addressed specifically. However, it is truly a good example for all of us who are called to lead. And I would like to add that anybody can be a leader. Anybody can be a leader no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what position you have, you may have a, a position at a place of business, or you may, you may be a, an owner of a business, or you may be just someone that's an employee. Or if, uh, if for my, in my position, I, I am a lead man on my crew for the construction company that I work for. So in some ways, I am a leader, and I have a responsibility, but each of us can, can have a, an influence on those that we come into contact with and be a leader in that way. But we see... In verse 2 of our text, if we look at that, it says, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Also, verse 3 says, Neither is being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. So the first thing that I notice as I'm reading these verses is a leader has to understand who it is that he's leading and who they belong to. First of all, the Bible says they are the flock of God. In verse 2, it says, feed the flock of God. Now, 
if we're applying this in a general sense, all of the God created the, everybody, everybody. And at, we are God's children, so we are to be an example of who God is. And we are to make sure that we realize that everything we're doing is for God and for his children and for those people that he puts into our lives. And they belong to God. Not only they are God, the flock of God, they are God's heritage. We see this in the third verse. It says, neither is being lords over God's heritage. And so as we see these phrases, it indicates that God allows man to be the steward over what belongs to him, God. So there is no such thing as my church or my Sunday school class or my ministry or even my business. The Bible states in Deuteronomy 10.4, Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's thy God, the earth also, and all that therein is. So we ought to count it a great privilege if we are given the opportunity to have a part in leading others, uh, we should never lose sight, though, that everything belongs to God. And as such, he gets all the glory. We are accountable to him, and he gets all of the glory. All of the glory. And then we also see, if we look again at verse 2, a leader must strive to be ready and willing to meet the needs of others and not just himself. The Bible says clearly there, feed the flock of God. Here, a man, the Bible says in Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So it is, it is a leader's job, or even if you want to talk in the church's sense, it's a, a preacher's job or a pastor's job or uh, leaders in the church to, to, to feed those that they are, uh, are given and to uh, make sure their needs are met. And the Bible says here, not by it says, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So not some words, but by every word, every word. We ought to be studying the Bible, and we ought to be teaching the Bible. Acts twenty twenty eight says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. We are to take care, we are to take care of, of, of God's people. A leader must be sure he helps his people grow and mature by teaching them what they need to know, even the hard things. So we've we got to be willing to teach even the hard things. Also, he must, the leader must oversee to be sure their needs are met. Romans 10.14 states, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear, they hear without a preacher? Uh, this would be, I would call this the spiritual need uh, of the people of God. And, and there's many, everyone has a spiritual need. If, you're not, if someone's not saved, they need to be saved. And we need to make sure that we are teach, we're called to preach the gospel to every creature. That ought to be our goal is to look after that spiritual need that they have of salvation in their lives first and foremost. We ought to be a witness by our walk, by our talk, and, and just every day we ought to be seeking out those opportunities from the people that we come into contact with. We ought not to neglect that. Um, that's something that I have had to really work on in my own life, uh, to be willing to uh, be, when I'm at work, not only do my job, and, 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 and that is the first thing that you need to be doing is doing a good job, but then also being a witness and a testimony to those that you come to contact with. Because I'll tell you, and I'm sure if anyone's been in the construction field, they know that those kinds of people 
a lot of times are, are people that are not in church a lot or they are not raised as I was raised in, a, in church all my life. And so there's just a, a, a great need for those that are Christians to stand up and actually have a good testimony because if I'm not having a good testimony, it is so easy for them people to drag me down if I'm not in the God's word and, and actually uh, letting my light shine to them. We ought to look after those spiritual needs. Uh, the Bible also says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, there's, there's spiritual needs and then there's physical needs. The, uh, this verse says a bishop, and talks about the bishop, of course, must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior. And I underline this phrase here, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Um, I believe that as Christians we ought to do our very best to be hospitable to those that we come into contact with. I believe that it is something that if we have something to give and we know we can take care of someone, I, I believe it, if it's in our heart to do it and if we have the ability to do it, I think that we should do it. As long as we're not, I think there are some times where, there are times where people think that, well, I'll just give this and give that and give this, but they never give the gospel. As long as we have the spiritual and the physical needs in mind, I believe God will bless that, and I believe God will see that and uh, use that. And there are many different types of people uh, that we come into contact with, and each of them have various needs. So a leader should be ready, and that means prepared in every way possible, and willing to meet those needs. So he should never have to be forced or bribed into doing his job. Uh, the Bible says... Not the, he's supposed to take the oversight thereof, in verse 2, not by constraint, but willingly, and not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. A ready mind. And then, of course, verses 3 through 4, uh, neither be, as being lords over God's heritage, but being in, in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. A leader should never stoop. To becoming a tyrant. So we should never think that if we have a position of authority that we should use it and just run over people. Well, a leader is supposed to be a leader by example. A leader by example. I'm going to turn to Matthew. The book of Matthew here. If you like you can turn along with me. And read in ver uh, chapter 20. We're starting in verse 25. Matthew 20, 25. It says, But Jesus called them unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Wow, I read that last verse and it says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus gave his life to save sinners. He gave his life to every one of us here. And if we think that we're going to start our own kingdom and take advantage of that, heaven forbid, because... God gave his life, Jesus gave his life, a ransom for many. We ought to make sure, like I said earlier, that there's no big eyes and little U's, that we, we see each other and we are, are, are uh, leading by example and humility 
and, and we are looking to take care of the needs of others. So the Bible clearly shows through this that he, a, ruler is, uh, a leader is not supposed to rule his subjects. He's not supposed to rule with an iron fist. He is supposed to serve God's people. And we see that his reward and his crown will be given by God in heaven. We ought not to expect an earthly kingdom. God may bless us. God may give us good things in this life. But we ought not to be working just only to receive praise and, and wealth and honor and, and here on this earth. Because there are so many better things waiting for us in heaven. And God will bless you. And really, if we think about it at the end of the day, what are we doing with those crowns? We're casting them at Jesus' feet. It's all for the honor and glory of God. All for the honor and glory of God. And we see there back in our text... 1 Peter chapter 5 again in verse 5 as we're moving on here. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace, giveth grace to the humble. So again, humility. A leader must foster a sense of unity. And he also should be the example of biblical submission. For, so number one, we know that we're supposed to submit to God. We're supposed to submit to God. And those people that we lead submit to us, especially, and, and I look at this from the position of me as the, as the husband of my, uh, of my wife and, and the father of my children and the, the head of the home, I, I fall under God's authority. I fall under God's authority. We all fall under God's authority. But as I submit to God, my family submits to me and that's how God set it up. We are to submit to the leaders that God gives us as he submits to God. We are also to submit to each other in humility. We ought to be willing to help the need, look out for the needs of others in humility. For we are all equal in Christ. We're all bought by the blood of Christ. So we ought to have that sense of unity and humility anytime we're dealing with, with people. Not only that, but in verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. A leader should be filled with humidity, humility. He submits to God's leading and authority. And he should, he should expect nothing in return. And then we see at the end of that verse that God will exalt him in due time. God will exalt him in due time. If we're lifted up in pride, who, who else was lifted up in pride in the Bible? Uh, we know that Satan was lifted up in pride. Uh, Lucifer and we see what happened there. He tried to be like God. He tried to be above God. He tried to take over. He really, that's what he would have liked. And God had to, had to push him out of heaven. God had to kick him out of heaven. And if we are following in that, in that pattern, and if we are lifted up in pride, God may have to kick us down. God may have to lower, lower us a little bit, break us down just a little bit till we get to the point where we realize it's all for God's glory, and it's all about praising God and, <clears throat> and serving God and loving others. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we can, we can always remember that. We all must always remember that. Verse 7 in our text, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. As a leader, I know especially lately for me in uh, my position I'm in now at work, uh, the worry and the care comes in. And a leader ought to turn to God with all his worry and with all his care. 
Because if we are trying to do things on our own, if we're all full of worry and full of care and trying to fret and, and, and wonder, how am I going to take care of this issue? Or in my case, how am I going to motivate these guys to, to work? <laughs> I mean, sometimes you have, to have, you have those thoughts and then you also have to think, well, do they respect me? Do I know? Do, am, am, I, am I the right person for the job? Or, and that could apply to so many different things. Uh, and, and, you know, you start to doubt yourself. You start to worry about tomorrow and how you're going to pay bills and how you're, gonna, how you're going to provide for different things. But God cares for us. God truly cares for us and he will provide his peace. God says in Philippians 4, 6, the Bible says here, Be careful for nothing, but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God has a peace that he can give you. There's no need to hold on to the worry and the care. There's no sense in it. There's no sense in holding on to all that when we have a God who knows all, he already sees all the problems that we're having. He already knows all the problems we're going to have. He knows everything. He has all power and he can give us that peace. We just have to remember prayer and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. A leader also, we read verses 8 through 9. A leader understands the threat that the devil poses. We saw there be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. I remember when I was a little kid, my parents or my grandparents or whoever it would have been at the time, reading me this verse whenever I got bad. And they said, you know, when you're not doing right and you're disobeying your parents, that's sin. And you know, who's come, you know who is out there to try and get sinners and try to get people to sin? It's the devil. He's a roaring lion. And if you're not careful, he'll eat you up. And I just remember, my, that's the way that I remember hearing it, and, and I just was thinking, man, I do not want to be eaten by a lion. I don't, I was always looking over my shoulder when I was real little especially. And, but really, we shouldn't, we shouldn't lose that. You know, the devil doesn't have the power that God has, but we should never, ever take it for granted what the devil is capable of doing. We have to figure, he's had thousands of years, ever since mankind has been on the earth, to deal with man. And so every possible scenario on how to deceive or trick or fool a man or to gain access into someone's life and to corrupt them, the devil's had experience. The devil knows how to do that. And he will. He will get in there. And he will, he will cause so much, so many problems. Yeah, so a leader must understand that. So therefore, the leader ought to be sober. The leader ought to be sober. And... If you want to look at the definition of that, I looked it up, and it says calm, serious, and not overtaken with passion. Um, it's always good to be passionate, but it's, it's never good if we are overly passionate and we're just, a hot, even if you could say a hothead. That might be another word to describe it. If you're, if you're constantly just going after it, and, and you're always, you're yelling at people, you're doing, like if I was yelling at my guys all day long or the people that I work with, they wouldn't respect me very much and, and it wouldn't do very well. Uh, and in fact, it could turn some people away and, and we wouldn't get anything done. So there's got to be a, a soberness, a calm seriousness, and, and we're not supposed to be overtaken with passion. 
there as, as that definition shows. Also, leaders are to be the watchmen on the wall. The watchmen on the wall. My, my father was a, a pastor for 11 years, and he would preach this message. I remember it was, are you a watchman or are you a hireling? A watchman is, in, in the way that he, when the message went, the watchman is one that's on the wall, and he sees the danger, and he calls it out, and he alerts the people and says there's a danger, and we need to be careful. We need to watch out. The hireling is the one that takes the money and he may or may not even do his job. But we need to be sure that we are watchmen and we are alerting others of the danger at hand. Because how will the people believe in God um, if we're not there? And how will the people ever know about the dangers if we're not being serious and if we're not doing our job and taking it seriously? 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7 says, But the end of all things is at hand. So we know the time is drawing near for God's return, and we know that the end of all things is at hand, as it says. Be ye therefore sober, and watch unto prayer. Watch unto prayer. So we see the leader is sober, but also the leader ought to be vigilant, watchful, circumspect, attentive to discover, implying, which I would say, if you're attentive to discover, you're, it's implying a proactive search. So that we ought to be uh, a, a, a leader ought to be looking out for the dangers, not just to be reacting to danger, but he ought to be looking for the danger and alerting others of that danger well in advance. And we ought to avoid danger or to provide for safety. So that's what vigilant would generally mean. So not only is he vigilant, but he understands that the danger is ever, ever present. The devil is, is, is such a... Ruthless enemy that we face. Ruthless enemy. And also, not only does the leader understand the danger is ever-present, he knows how to resist the devil. James 4, we'll turn there, James chapter 4. Verses 6 through 8, it says, Ye have condemned, I'm sorry, that's the, wrong, that's the wrong chapter, right here. Chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, it says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So we ought always to choose humility over pride. We ought to submit and draw near to God for the strength to resist. We ought always to remember that. Also, if we look back in our text, 1 Peter chapter 5 again, we see that a leader must rest upon the foundation of God and his word from which comes his strength. And then verse 10, I, I lost my place, but I will get back there shortly. First, uh, chapter 5, verse 10, it says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. So a leader must rest upon the foundation of God and his word from which comes his strength. He ought to be established, established in the word. Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, <clears throat> nor be afraid of them. 
For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Strengtheneth me. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The power of Christ may rest upon me. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient for us. Verse 11 says, To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. A leader should always give God the glory he deserves. Matthew 5, verse 16, for a very long time, this was what I would call my life verse. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Your Father which is in heaven. It all comes back to giving all the glory to God. And everything we do, whether it's witnessing, um, whether it's just being a good example where we're at, whether it's leading a large group of people or leading a family or leading or just being an example to your friends or to your neighbors or to your coworkers or whoever you come into contact with. It's all supposed to be for the glory of God. We're not supposed to be drawing that attention to ourselves to say, look at us, but it's all to bring attention to our Heavenly Father. It's all so that way we can have that door open to where we can give them the gospel. We can witness to them. We can show them their need of salvation and we can show them the way to, to be saved and to, to come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. So we should all strive to be a leader wherever God places us. Let's, I believe uh, we're going to be closing in prayer tonight. I'll say a word of prayer. Uh, actually, let's see here. Brother Martin Morley, would you mind praying and closing for us tonight? Okay. Thank you, sir. Amen. Mm-hmm.